Welcome to the Sajcast. I'm Mark Austin. And I'm Stacy Roberts. And we, we are, are the, the Sons, Sons of Joy. Joy. You're listening to Sajcast number 21. Our 21st ever Sajcast. And a lot has happened since our last Sajcast, in which we changed up the opening a little bit. Yes, this opening was much more routine. Mundane, even. Well, we don't like to say that. Well, and really, the point is, in order to know what we're talking about, if you are not a constant listener, you should go back and listen again. Well, in the in the mundane opening, it's not the only thing that's changed. We have a sponsor this week who's kind of like an actual sponsor. Yes, this sponsor is not intangible. It's quite tangible. Yes, this week's Sajcast is sponsored by the Sinner series, which is a series of paranormal romance books by the friend of the show, Charity Parkerson. Yes, that Charity Parkerson. Yes, the one you've all heard of. And this series was voted one of the top 10 best books by an indie author in 2011. And it has been on bestseller lists all over the place. And it uh, helped her become a finalist for uh, an award in Australia. It has vampires and romance. Yes. And it is not, by the way, for the under-18 crowd. Adult content. Yes. Just be warned. So um, we thank Charity for letting her her book series sponsor this week's Sajcast. And uh, on a, a related note, Charity will be at the Lexington Comic Con on March 16th and 17th. Apparently dressed up in some sort of costume. That's in Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky. It's practically right near us. It's not that far away. <clears throat> and she will be signing her books uh, at the Comic-Con. I say everybody in America is within a 33-hour drive of, of Lexington, so consider that. Is Many that, of you are much closer. Is that motivational? <laughs> That's your excuse. 33 hours is as far... Well, maybe Alaska. We're talking to you, guy up on the Canadian border just on this side of Montana. Montana. If, if, if you're in... Pruitt Bay or something, it's probably longer. <laughs> if that's you're not, in Pruitt Bay, let us know, because we don't know that we have any listeners in Alaska. And really, just so we're clear, this is not our problem. We're summoning you to go. We're saying that... You whatever, could fly, sure. Whatever travel hardships you have to endure are no concern of ours. None at all. Charity Parkinson, the famous author, will be at the Lexington Comic Con. Which we like to call Lexicon. Because we're cool like that. I don't know if they like to call it that, though. No, probably not. It's too writery, if that's a word. So, um, yes, get to the Comic-Con and get some signed books by charity. And if you can't, you can follow the links on our page to buy them directly. Exactly. So, in other news, we've, uh, we've undertaken uh, sort of a, a, new, a new undertaking. Because we didn't have enough to do. Yes, because sleep is really, <laughs> really overrated. Yes, and um, we decided that it would be good to establish some sort of award program to reward things that we approve of. Yes, much like the dog gets a cookie when it's good. I think that the people who one day will win this award would probably not appreciate that comparison. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're being very vague. Because we've talked about, I don't know if we talked about it on the air, but we've often talked about over the years having our own award. And we decided that we would call this award the Saji for the Sajcast. That's right. The Saji is a little bit like the uh, the Montgomery Burns Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. It can be applied to many things. Well, and that's exactly why we have 
come up with it because it is our intent to give this award out for things that are award worthy, whether it's a novel, short story, a decent hamburger, the best pizza. The Saji Award is multi-purpose. Yes, and in the opening volley, we've decided that we are going to create a short story contest or or a series of them. So a monthly short story contest that we're we're going to spearhead. And because we are who we are, and everyone's favorite aspect of the Sajcast is food porn, these are going to be stories about food. How about that? I know you're all stunned. I and, am shocked. And so the first Saji Award, the first contest, your first opportunity to win your own Saji and put it on your mantle to the envy of your friends and the delight of your neighbors is the March Contest. And because it's Lent and because... In the Midwest, all you heathen Goyesher people are fond of of bringing fish out of their natural habitat and batter frying them and serving them up at firehouses and churches and other places like that. All manner of heathen seem to enjoy it. That's right. Well, even even me, I dare say. And so in the spirit of Lent, we are not going to give something up. We're going to give something away. We are going to award the first ever Saji for a fish-themed writing contest. And it only seems fair because... Cincinnati, many many of you don't know, it was actually the home of the fillet of fish. We invented it here many years ago because this uh, this tradition did not start recently. And uh, back in the day, there was a McDonald's owner who realized he couldn't sell any hamburgers on Fridays during Lent, so he came up with a fish sandwich, and he ended up battering the fish sandwich, and it became uh, ultimately became the fillet of fish. So we started that here, and it's only fair that we continue the tradition. By having a fish-related short story contest. Yes, and this short story contest is going to work like this. The deadline for the contest entries is March 21st, and then we will have online voting in which you, the people, get to pick the finalists. And then the stories that make that cut will go to our conclave of judges and a celebrity judge. And every for every contest, regardless of its content and flavor, we're going to pick a celebrity judge to help us make the final decision. Yes. And uh, I think you'll be you'll be pleasantly uh, surprised and entertained when you see this month's celebrity judge. It'll be related to the Lenten fishing. And let's not forget that if you've listened to all the Sajcast religiously, and if you haven't, you really should get cracking because we're into double digits now. But imagine, just think back to the aplomb with which we select our sponsors, and you'd have to think, that if we were given the opportunity to pick a judge, well, it would be whiz-bang. You better believe it. So let's tell the people what they could possibly win if they were to enter this contest and be selected. Right, and and so your first thought is, isn't a Saji enough? Well, of course, for most people. Because <laughs> what kind of bragging rights parallel to the ability to say, well, but I've won a Saji. Very few. And we figured that maybe that wasn't enough. So, first prize also includes $100 cash money. A gift card. Yes, so that you can use to buy things that you actually like. And considering how much food porn there's going to be, you're probably going to blow it on a nice dinner. Well, we'd be very (laughs) proud of you if you did. Be Um, sure to write about it. Also, the first prize winner gets uh, shameless promotion by us, uh, by means of Twitter and Facebook and whatever Google Plus is. Um, And the winner of the Saji gets to come on the show. Have a seat at the table. Make a guest appearance, as it were. And talk food porn with us. Yes. And so, 
Not knowing which of these prizes that we've offered holds the most sway for the listeners, we decided to throw everything we've got at it. And you know what? If you're doing it so that you can be on the show, great. If you're doing it for the Saji, you can put on your mantle and explain to people what it is, great. If you like a hundred bucks, we're fine with it. Now, this seems like something that what, I, I probably need a PhD in literature before I could enter. Not even close. What? In fact, um, our, our first ever and so far only co-co-host, Charles Joy, basically said, do you have a keyboard? Do you like to eat? Write a story. Enter the contest. That's right. He's reduced it to the elementals. Here's what we're looking for when we get a submission. Uh, well, there better be fish in it. Um, and there better be some descriptive language telling us about how delicious said fish was. Maybe the side dishes as well. And Stacy would enjoy it if there was some sort of a story around it. Now, you've only got a thousand words, so you can't, can't go too far. But that's more than enough to tell a bit of a story around a nice meal. Yes. And uh, if you listen to last week's episode, uh, we were accused by Scott Morgan of making him hungry. That the food porn segment of our show causes people to be hungry. And so in the tradition of our demonstrable effectiveness at causing people to want to eat food, the winning story should strive to do the same. Indeed. One entry per person, so uh, you get to submit a story. If you win, you'll be ineligible to win again for one year. Yes, because we think that you should go do something else. Um, winning a Saji, I think, naturally... Leads into resting on your laurels. You've, you've reached the pinnacle of achievement. So why enter again? Why have two of them right away? Let's give it a year. Give it some time. Um, I think another important point to be made is that unlike many other kinds of contests, there is no prize for second place. None at all. And, and uh, there was some discussion about this in the, in the boiler room where we conceived of the Saji award and the rules for the contest because I myself have recently come in second in a contest. And, um... It's like kissing your sister. Well, what do we call it? It's just the first loser, right? You're, you're, of all the people who lost, you're number one. Here's what you get if you come in second in the judging. You get the sad realization that there is no prize for second place. A hard lesson that writing is a tough business. And keep in mind that losing makes you funny. Just ask Al Gore. We will put a link on our Sajcast page that will direct you to the Saji Awards page where you can read all about the entries. And even if you're not going to compete to win your own Saji, you can certainly come here and vote on the stories that have been entered in this particular contest. In the proud tradition of Herman Melville and Ernest Hemingway, this month will be all about fish. Oh, and another thing that uh, our winners win, of course, is publication of their story on our our blog. So on Sajcast Central, we'll put up the winning story. Um, we'll actually have, I, I guess, the um, the stories for selection on the uh, on the Saji page, but the actual winner will be uh, lifted up to the Sajcast page. Something to look forward to. And of course, you get to come and talk to us online or uh, on the air, which many of you I know are just dying to do. Can't wait. Can't wait. So the Sajis. So yes, our first step into a, a bigger, larger world where we'll enjoy the food porn produced by others for a change. Speaking of food porn, I know last week we made Scott and Amber very hungry, and so we thought we might mend our ways a bit by bringing in someone 
who um, this week's uh, interview is actually something of a celebrity. In fact, probably the biggest celebrity we've had. I think the other people we've interviewed would resent that remark. <laughs> this person's been on TV more than a few times. Well, I think that qualifies. Yes. So our, our, our guest this week is Emily Joy. And she was on The Biggest Loser last year. And we're going to talk to her about her her recollections and, and her experiences on Biggest Loser. And, of course, about food porn. So we're going to see um, what we can get her to confess to in, enjoying then and now. And how all that's changed after being on The Biggest Loser. And listeners, don't think ill of us that we're going to bring a woman on the show who is or has recently uh, struggled with food and her weight and make her talk food porn. That doesn't make us bad people. That makes us adherence to our craft. We should be very specific about that. Everybody eats. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's switch over to uh, uh, our interview with Emily. This week on the Sajcast, we have with us Emily Joy, who is a refugee from last season's Biggest Loser. <laughs> she has graciously agreed to come on the show to tell us about her experiences and to help us out with food porn. Indeed. So last week we, we spoke with vegans, so it's only fair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Am I allowed to laugh? I'm sorry. We no, insist we, You on. better, yeah. Yes. Because because we're not allowed to laugh because people find oh. it disturbing. So it's, okay. it's better if you do it. Otherwise, we have to sweeten the soundtrack later. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emily, welcome to the Sajcast, home of food porn. Yeah. And so last week, as Mark said, we had vegans on here. And so now this week we're going to interview you uh, after a traumatic experience with food. <laughs> Got it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very different from a vegan, so they're a different breed. <laughs> We're you, but you on just it. killed a few vegetables in your in your Vitamix, apparently. Yeah, I just <laughs> ground up some spinach. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that what that was, spinach? <laughs> well, it was almond milk, spinach, a scoop of peanut butter, and some awesome protein that I take. So it it becomes a pretty green color, and you can't even taste the spinach, actually. So those vegans out there... Give me a high five on that, I guess. So is that, is that like, a savory sort of flavor, or is it just peanut buttery? No, it actually, you can't taste the spinach at all. You can see it because it's, um, you know, all the chlorophyll is in there. But it tastes like the almond milk and, the yeah, the peanut butter takes over. You throw a banana in there, it really takes, you know. Mm -hmm, chlorophyll. So, so it's a small, <laughs> yeah. a small production note for new listeners to the Sajcast. This right here... Not food porn. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's yeah, important. It's important to make a distinction between food porn and whatever this is. This hideous, unspeakable green mess that our Sorry. guest is now drinking Sorry. and describing. Mm. Not food porn. Pay attention. <laughs> Write that down. So chlorophyll is not a food porn element. Okay. No. And Got I don't it. think we're even going to take it under consideration to become food porn. <laughs> there are things that we are sure about, and I think this is going to have to be one of them. Okay. You got it. All right. So um, on with the grilling, as it were, the questions that we have for you. Okay. As we explained, you were on The Biggest Loser last year. I myself have started to watch the show this year, so I miss you. But, Aww, um, thank it, you. but the show is remarkably compelling. 
the, the okay. stories of people having to lose weight is just, it's riveting and you can't, you can't even look away. And so one of the things that I wonder when I watch the show now is, oh my God, what were you thinking? Why, <laughs> why, what would motivate you to go on this show and have a very personal experience uh, broadcast to millions of Americans? That's a really good question. I don't know. No, I, um, I've been a huge fan of the show ever since it came on. And I don't know, like you said, it's, it's, it compels people to want to lose weight and be the best them. And the fact that I got on was surreal. Like I had no, I went to a casting call, you know, all of that just was like crazy. And, um, I don't know. It just kept happening every step of the way along that audition process. Everything fell on the plate and I'm like, well, I'm going on the show whether I want to or not. So I don't know. I was just, I've always been inspired by the show. So that's what I wanted. Did it make it easy on you when it seemed like it was inevitable that you were going to be on the show? Did you find it? Did you kind of just say, okay, well, then the heck with it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, when they pull you in and they do the whole, I'm going to trick you and say you didn't make it, but then you make it just, you know, they make you cry and all that horse. You pretty much, at that point you're spent because you're in a hotel and sequester. You can't like, you're basically chaperoned by 20 year olds. You can't go anywhere by yourself and you've just, you would do do anything by the end of those two weeks. So I was just like, yep, I'm going on. I was so excited. You, I don't had, want to underplay it. it had you already great. quit your job at that point? Oh, that's another interesting story. No, I pretty much, because I worked for an app um, at school, I had to resign before I even knew I was going to be on the show. Um, oh, wow. So that was, yeah, it was a very traumatic uh, experience. So needless to say, if you, if you watch the first episode, where um, my partner and I almost get eliminated. I was like shitting bricks the whole time. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here or not. I'm sorry. We've got a But it was, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was very scary for me because it came down to the pink team, which is me and the aqua team. And I was, all I could keep, keep, bleh, all I could keep thinking was I quit my job and what am I going to go back to? And my dad's going to kill me. So, <laughs> so, so here's the talking. question. I mean, after you, you were on the show for, um, was it 12 weeks? Uh, four months. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what became of your job after that? Um, well, they wanted me back, of course, because, you know, who wouldn't want a a local celebrity back in their school, but I refused. I mean, one of the best things that came out of this whole experience was I got out of that job. It wasn't the best situation. And I had been teaching there for five years. And um, I didn't want to go back, and I kind of just, luckily as a teacher, I was going into the summer anyways after the finale, so I just worked at um, the health food store that that was my second job, because over here you need two jobs when you're a teacher, so I just was working there and hoping to find something, you know, and then luckily a cool private school opened up, and I'm working there now, and they're great. Oh, so you're still so, teaching. That's great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about the the biggest loser experience. Now, I, from watching the show, um, I noticed a couple of things. Like all the commercials that come on d- during Biggest Loser are mostly from Arby's. Um, <laughs> you think so? Are they? <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna count them because I'm watching the Biggest Loser and I'm watching people killing themselves to lose an extra pound. <laughs> And then when they when they go off the air, 
all of a sudden, oh. it's it's not just Arby's. It's the Arby's <laughs> with the very white music in the background. I mean, it's Ar- it's roast beef sandwiches on a seduction soundtrack. <laughs> oh my god, I never noticed at you should, all. Yeah, I, I, well, that's what I've noticed this year, and I think midway through the season. Um, Somebody said to the show, you know, you probably ought to have, I don't know, whoever makes this unspeakable green thing you're drinking, maybe they should be a sponsor. <laughs> so, um, that but, would be smart. But what I, from what I understand, um, you, you work out with trainers. Um, mm-hmm. and, and is it that they, the show basically puts you on the ranch where you're isolated from your family and friends? Um, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not allowed to go anywhere unless they take you somewhere. And right. you eat what they give you and you work out with the trainers. How often? I mean, is it like all day long? Well, the trainers that you see on TV, like Bob and Jillian and all that, they only see us, um, I want to say two days out of the seven day week. Um, so they're not there the whole time. Everybody thinks they're there. They're not. They're Hollywood stars. Um, so they don't piss around, you know, but we do get sub trainers, which Bob sub trainer was amazing. His name's Cardio Chris, and he's awesome. Shout out to him. Um, so he comes and he does the supplemental workouts, but there is a load of homework that we have to do. Like, and by homework, I mean workouts, because you have to round out about eight hours of exercise, and they're only there, you know, for two hours of that when they are there, and then the rest is the you know sub trainers. So it's um it's a lot of on your own stuff. I and I, I noticed I noticed in the early episodes of the season that I'm watching that there wow. were a lot of injuries. Did you have an experience like that? Did you get hurt early on? Oh, early yeah. yeah, I'm still dealing with um, bursitis of my right hip because when you have – the thing is, I don't want to bash the show, but you, as a person who wants to be a trainer, I'm studying for it, you would never start out at that pace with people that heavy. They're doing it because they have to get results fast. And, I mean, I had uh, both of my knees were busted, my hips. Um, I had stress fractures. Chisholm, a uh, kid on my team, had stress fractures. Because all you're doing is pounding your body into the ground, you know, and you're heavy. And, and your joints, you know, they're strong because they're carrying around all the extra weight. But, my God, they're not strong to be doing that all day long. So, yeah. And, and it, seems, it, it seems to me that the week one weight loss is a big event on the show. And so it seems like they really push for that first week to show a big number, right? Yeah, exactly. They do, you know, they weigh you at your heaviest, like I was saying earlier, when you're in the hotel and sequester before you even know you're on the show. They're doing, like, surprise weigh-in. So you never, you could have, like, drank two gallons of water right before they say, hey, come here, you know, and then they weigh you in. So they get you at what is probably your highest. And then, um, yeah, that shock of, of a week or more like and again it's a hollywood week it's not seven days it's usually it could be up to like 16 days and the viewer thinks it's like a week because you're seeing it you know monday to monday but um that's why you see those huge numbers because sometimes it's deceivingly longer than seven days and of course someone that heavy taking their calories from i don't know three three thousand to you know less than half of that you're you're going to see a huge drop water weight alone you know Right. And so do you mind telling us how much weight you lost on, on the no, show? No, I don't. I lost 102 pounds. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was something. It was ridiculous. I mean, and it, 
and in that short amount of time, and and so I've learned that wasn't the best way to do it because it has a tendency to want to come back on, right. especially if you're not living that same lifestyle. So um, those are the repercussions that you don't get to see that are the suckiest because once the cameras are gone, you know you're on your own. So. Yeah, those were questions we really had that we wanted to ask. Is you know what's that what's that like? What's the transition like on the way out? Oh, it's the worst. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all because I'm not alone in it. All the alumni deal with this, and it's because of the pace of the show. You um, you know, you're exercising six to eight hours a day. I don't know who has a career and can do that. They're Superman. But, um, and you're eating like a fraction of what you should be eating on a diet just because, again, you're trying to get the numbers. It's a show. You know, people want to see those big drops. So, um that's the life on there. And so when you come home, of course you have this high of being like, you know, the smallest you've ever been in some cases. And you still have like kind of that spotlight on you. Like I did interviews and stuff locally in Charlotte, which was cool. So I made sure I kept up with, you know, staying the size I was. But then when stuff slows down and, you know, I started teaching, I started to see habits creep back in. Like time management was my um, excuse of the, cause our show was about, um, you know, no more excuses and mine was all about time, which that's a legitimate freaking excuse. I don't care what people, sure what is, people yeah. say. So, um, you know, I started to get really frustrated because I, I really, I had to get, um, I had to start working with a nutritionist and she really told me, so like when you lose it that fast, your body, once you start feeding it, even if you're feeding it good stuff, if you're getting like a say a two thousand calorie diet, which is something anybody can do, um, your body's gonna hang on to that food for dear life because you've been basically starving it. And if you think of yourself like as a hunter and gatherer and you had like a winter of not getting a good amount of calories in you, your body, once you start eating, it's gonna hang on to it. So that's what I noticed. And my weight was like going up and up and I'm like, Holy shit, I started getting like nervous because it comes on like you wouldn't believe, you know. Um, so I had to get control of that before it went, you know, too far. Well, and that's and that's really, I mean, we ourselves have mm-hmm. struggled with our weight, uh, and you can't tell based on the fake pictures we put up of ourselves on the <laughs> website. But, but we are we are constantly battling with this. In fact, one of the books that we're that we're writing at the moment deals with a weight loss competition that's nothing like The Biggest Loser. Right. But one of the things that we keep coming back to is that your body is designed by whoever you Mm -hmm. want to believe designed it to to put weight on because it's, you know, for insulation and for good health and because you never know when your next meal is going to be when you're a caveman. But now that we're civilized, the struggle to lose weight is something that we've given a lot of thought to. And I can tell you that when I'm sitting on my couch working my way through an Arby's beef and cheddar, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking that, well, of course, take me away from my job, take me out of my uh-huh. daily routine, put me on a ranch, give me somebody uh-huh. somebody mean and scary like Jillian to force me to work out <laughs> eight hours a day and feed me portion-controlled food. Well, of course you lose weight. And exactly. So, and so then the big question that naturally comes to mind is, what happens when all that goes away? The weight comes on. Right. No, yeah. like, yeah. And so so here's, the, here's the question then. What did you do about that? Once you noticed it start to come back on, after you had your panic moment, and you sat mm-hmm. down with your blender and your spinach and said, okay, here's what, 
here's what I'm going to do now. What was your plan that you had to come up with all by yourself with no cameras, no trainers, no Hollywood glitz or anything? It was you by yourself looking at a scale going, what am I going to do now? What was that? Right. How did that turn out? What did you do? Well, um, I did seek out help. Like I, uh, I had a gym membership that was laying dormant for a while because, you know, I thought I was hot shit. I didn't need to go to the gym because I worked out for four months straight. But I, so what I did was I sucked it up and I started going and it hurt and everything just was not how it used to be, you know, just a couple months ago. So I started with that. I started to just go to the gym because I know that that's my background. Um, like you guys maybe know, I, I Olympic weightlifted since I was little. So as far as the panic, I knew I could turn to exercise. The food, the eating, that didn't change with the exercise. Like, I figured I had to start with something, like one thing. <clears throat> so it was the working out. And then, um, fortunately, because of who I am and, and the show I was on, I got in cahoots with a nutritionist who works out of my gym. And so it, I wasn't totally alone in it. I talked to her about it and... um you know, I got to use her services for free because I'm promoting them. And she just basically educated me on how horrible, um, you know, the things I just went through were and, and what I needed to kind of fix. And she basically said, you need to eat now to lose weight, which I didn't, you know, I'm used to starving myself. I wanted to go right back to, like, just eating lean and green, and it's miserable, but I know the weight would come off. And you're used to seeing drops, like, 10 pounds a week, 12 pounds a week. And she's like, you're not going to see that. You're only going to see one to two pounds a week. And that just wasn't good enough for me. So it took a lot of, <clears throat> like, rearranging how I thought about things. Because you, you go through a mind F when you go on the show. And I love the show. I am thankful for my experience. But it's a lot of cleaning up you have to do. <sighs> because it just, I don't know, you don't do it the way you should do it. Because it should come off slow. If you put it on, it needs to come off slow because that's how it's going to stay off. So this time around, I mean, I'm not saying I gained it all back, but I gained some back that I don't want. So it's coming off slowly, and it's just I have to get used to that and, and wrap my head around it. Well, and so, I mean, you, you hit on a point there where what was happening on the show is, is certainly not the healthiest way to approach that. D did right. that alter your relationship with food um, when you were on the show, and, and did that change when you got off? Or Oh, yeah. No, I mean, <clears throat> I'll do a quick comparison between teams. Um Bob's team with me and Cassandra and Chisholm, and we were told, you know, the best way to lose weight is to eliminate carbohydrates, which that is not true for a show it is because you get rid of water weight, you don't have the carbs bloat you up. But then I, we would see Dolvet's team allowing, they were allowed carbs, like not a lot, but um, like our mouths was water when they would have a freaking wrap with like turkey yeah. and cheese and stuff in there. And we're just eating, like, our freaking tilapia and broccoli, and we wanted to just stab our eyes out because it was just so boring. And, uh, I mean, when you look forward to eating fiber one in the morning with zero um, percent Greek yogurt with trivia in it, when that's something you look forward to, you know you've, like, gone too far <laughs> into the land of Bob Harper. Because, I mean, you lose weight like nobody's business, but... You are depriving yourself, and then, of course, you're going to go eat bananas when you get off the ranch and want, like, every candy bar in sight and as much pasta as you can get. So it totally was a mind-up because you you want to be able to be doing it the way, you know, 
Salvette's team was eating, you know, these portioned amounts of carbs and we're not, and but we're still kind of losing the same amount of weight. I mean, it was messed up. But you're scared because you don't want to get voted off. It's this huge, like, dance you do in your head with what you think you could get away with. And, um, yeah. But carbs aren't the enemy for those of you out there that are doing, like, Atkins and stuff. I just don't do it. Because <laughs> the minute you eat a carb, you're going to blow up. Yeah. So... So yeah. we actually were talking about this before the show started, and um, are you seeing anybody right now? This isn't a come on. We're just curious. <laughs> um, I'm actually, like, dating. It's the first time in a long time I'm, like, on a website and all that jazz. I'm okay, cool, because what we were wondering was um, because <laughs> no, no, we were single on the show, and so is it is it easier, do you think, to, to lose weight by yourself or if there's someone in your life who presumably is helping you with that? Or, or do you, you know, do you just want to go it alone or, or do you, would you take a team approach? No, no, no. I would love, like, I always thought it would be fun to have a partner who, who's like, sees it the same way you see it, where it's a constant, I don't like calling it a battle because it sounds like a negative connotation, but you have to be in it to win it. And when you're with someone else, it definitely helps. Are you kidding me? Like, I was alone, I mean, from May to now, um, and, like, my teammates were across, sprinkled across the country. Like, all we could do was call each other. But when you've got someone in your life, like either living with you or just down the street or something, if you're dating them or whatever, and they say, let's go to the gym or let's meet at this time, you're going to go. And, of course, you're going to yield better results because it's a team effort. I would always say team over single. Like, I've done a lot of my own, and it's, it's hard. But that could also backfire because if instead of saying, let's meet at the gym, they say, Let's meet at Arby's. <laughs> That's a cheesecake factory. Arby's yeah. is Arby's a sponsor. <laughs> we're gonna ask them. You should. You should. This beef and cheddar. <laughs> but I mean, that that could certainly torpedo your efforts. Is if if the person you're with says, "Hey, let's let's forget the gym today and and go out to dinner or get some ice cream." Oh yeah. I mean, so it. Well, it and that's why you have to, like, um, you know, the mate I'm looking for now is definitely someone. Because I've dated the guy who all he wants to do is have you eat. And I don't know if that's to keep you chubby and stay with him because I've gone through that. But then I've also had the guy that's very, you know, let's go to the gym, let's watch what we eat. So I've experienced both. I definitely want to be with someone who is just like me that might struggle with it, that might want a cheat day. But who also knows, you know, we got to go to the gym consistently and eat healthy like 80% of the time. Right, because 80, the, yeah, the, yeah. Third, the third problem is hooking up with somebody who who apparently has no trouble with their weight, who can eat whatever they want oh. and they never gain a pound. And, and what will no, eventually I, happen is you know you're going to have to kill them and bury them <laughs> in the backyard. I've already done that, so I'm kidding. They're going to subpoena oh. this show at the trial, aren't they? <laughs> yes. We're fine with that. Uh, okay. Our people will defend you. Oh, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> There's a legal defense fund, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so um, uh, I think are we are we going to segue into food porn? Yeah, I mean, cool. I, I, those are the big questions I had. Yeah, I think, okay. um, and I guess the only other thing uh, is that I know people who say, "Well, I just live. I, I just eat to live. You know, I just I take in the the." the calories I need to propel myself forward. And my experience with food, and I think a lot of people's experience with food, is not like that. There's something mental. No. There's mental, mental things. Who are the people on. telling you that? Who, I well, hate those people. Well, I hate them too. I mean, well, what the hell is there? I mean, that, oh, it makes me so mad. 
some people well, are like that. And you think that if they're if they're not all up in with food, they've got something else going on. It's like, oh yeah, yeah there's I like mean, coke in their back pocket. Right. You it's know, like, ice cream sucks, but try methamphetamines. You know, <laughs> you know they've got something else going on. But but it's yeah. but my experience with food. I think a lot of people's experience with food is that it's psychological. I mean, comfort food yeah. isn't a phrase that just fell together. I mean, there it is comforting. It's it's like it's like any other addiction. It's like people who who smoke while they're on the phone or right. You know, I mean, there are occasions where you eat because it's the thing you're supposed to do and it makes you feel better. And it's a hard oh, yeah. it's a hard thing to give up, even for even for the most drastic reasons. Even if your cardiologist says, "Hey, you got to quit or you're going to die." Um, right. It seems to me that that food and overeating is like an addiction, like any other. Oh, it's exactly like when I go and I do my speeches. Food is my drug. Like, I mean, I guess I'm glad it's not crack, and I'm sure my parents are too. That it's not like sex or drugs, but um, food is definitely a drug. If you look at look at it scientifically, it's all about you know the dopamine, serotonin, all of those norepinephrine, all of those chemicals are released in your brain, especially when you have sweets. And unfortunately, I'm a freaking sweet tooth person. So when you eat stuff like that, it begets more eating, and it's it's not your fault. I, I don't want to like mm, that's probably not the best way to say it, but you are addicted to it. You become addicted to it. And I I've toyed with the idea of doing a whole sugar detox, and I maybe can call you guys over the summer when I'm trying it. But yeah, you become addicted to it, and you are you're filling some sort of void. It's it's definitely it's not like an addiction. It is an addiction. So I totally support you on that. Okay, well, it's the worst kind of addiction. Like because if if you're hooked up, it is because it's legal. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, you can your body survived before you, you know were hooked on that drug, but you didn't with right. food. I mean, there's you're never getting out of that right. cycle. It, you like, have to keep eating. If you were yeah. trying to if you were trying to quit right. smoking, and they said, well, you have to smoke at least twice a day to survive. You just can't overdo it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what food is. You mm-hmm. sooner or later you're coming back to it, and and it seems like right. that's, that's <laughs> the hardest part of all. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Only have a little cocaine today. Yeah. You That's can't fair. do that with food. It's, no it's, problem. Uh, required. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, now I think we're going to move into the part of the show that's going to make you feel grateful that you drank some sort oh. of gritty vegetable mess <laughs> because this part is going to make you hungry. I'm going to I'm going to go All to the right. back and pull down the tape so I can play the food porn theme. Oh, sexy. We're into food porn. So what we want to talk about, and all of our questions about food begin with the word favorite. <laughs> so what is favorite? Favorite. What is your favorite comfort food? Pasta. No, um, no problem there. Pasta, for sure. You want to think about it? No? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a chummy girl at heart. Pasta is what gets me. I love the way it tastes. I love the texture. I love how it feels in my mouth. <laughs> Keep going with that. See, I think you're no. you're a whiz at food porn. You've caught right on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I knew I wouldn't have a problem with this. What was your favorite food as a child? What, what your favorite childhood food recollection? Oh, probably sweets like like brownies because we weren't allowed to really have them. So of course the taboo, you know. So I loved brownies. 
I could get my hands on one of those. those Did you have to hide times. in a closet or under the counter? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was in the corner rocking while I, <laughs> while I ate my brownies. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it sound nothing at all like an addiction. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and, and along those lines, I think everybody has a go-to food, uh, a food they can't resist, a food where even if you just ate and this food appeared, you'd say, oh, I could have one of those. Have you got something oh, yeah. like that? Um, I've got too many of those things. Am I only supposed to have one? Well, name, name three. <laughs> um, okay, well, I guess I'll start with the most boring one. It's cereal. I love cereal. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and we're not talking like the, the healthy cereal, anything like sugar bombs or whatever. I love cereal. And, of course, like cookies. Are you kidding me? Like I could be full as could be and still have a dessert. Um, and I don't know. Probably another sweet. Throw a Snickers bar in front of me. I'll eat it. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm, my girlfriend has a theory that in our anatomy, there's a separate mm-hmm. chamber in our stomachs for desserts. And so while you, oh, can, yeah. you can be full, but there's always, you could always the use dessert. your auxiliary chamber for ice cream. Yes, the dessert pouch. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, <laughs> Now, this is a theory that I have, and, and Mark and I may have slightly disagreed on this, but but what is the food that uh, your kind of your favorite food that you like to have when nobody else is around? You know, the kind of thing where you get it and then you tell people, don't look at me. I'm hideous. Go away. I'm, I'm going to eat this food. Do you have anything like that? Um, they're called slutty brownies. Have, have you had those? No, but I like them already. Sounds <laughs> intriguing. Yeah, um, slutty brownies are definitely the thing I would not want to eat in front of anyone because I'd probably eat the whole pan. They are um, exactly kind of what they sound like. It's a it's brownie batter with, no, you put the cookie down, like cookie dough down on the pan, and then you line it with Oreos, and then you pour brownie batter on top of it, and you bake it. You know, yeah. It, now, not to lead you down the path of temptation, but... We'd really love a picture of this <laughs> for the website. Oh and, yeah, and the, and the recipe to try at home. So think about it, consider it. Okay. okay. Uh, we don't want to, we don't want to ruin your routine because it sounds like you're doing well with your with your biggest loser recovery weight loss plan. But thank you. If you ever fall off the wagon before you hit the ground, we'd like you to whip this up and take a picture of it. Okay, anything for you guys. Uh, that's Bloody what we brownie. like. To, that's what we like to hear when we're talking food porn. Okay. Uh, so, what, what's a food that you can't get anymore that you miss? Um. Oh God. Well, I guess pasta. What do you mean? Like, I can't get anymore? Like, well, like when Twinkies went out of business. You know, like stuff from your childhood. Uh, or either you know someone made it that's not in your life anymore, or the restaurant's gone, or whatever. Oh God, I'm not going to be good at this. I don't know. Because everything I want is available. Well, that's good. good. Okay. Well, that's not good. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's not it's not Trainer Bob's tilapia and broccoli. That's for sure. Oh God, no. Uh -uh. Oh wait, my my grandma's Danish pop. I'll tell you that. I don't even know what was in it. It was like this flaky pastry with this like really thin icing on it. I don't know. My brother would know what it is, but. Danish puff, it was called. So there you go. Trying not to pour it. a lot of desserts in the. Yeah, so it seems like you have a whole mouthful of sweet teeth. 
Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but my my teeth are great in great shape, so Perfect. I brush them. <laughs> so so let's let's talk about entrees for a second. Um, what what would you put on a pizza? Like, what's your what's your favorite toppings? Um, meat. I like all kinds of sausage and pepperoni, and I do like to throw some vegetables on there, onions and green peppers. But it's got to be a good balance of meat and cheese. That's not that good. I feel like I'm not doing a good job at this. No, that's good. Yeah, no, this is fine. And, and what about a burger? Do you put any like what do you put on your burger if you were to make a burger? Um, a lot of onions and pickles and cheese, mustard and ketchup. Raw onions? Yeah. Cooked? A lot of onions. I love onions. Raw or cooked? Um, oh, both. Caramelized, the crunchy ones, throw them all on there. All right. And I think this is, this is an occasion in Saj history where we'll get my mother to actually listen to the show because my mother, everything <laughs> had red onions on it. Everything. Oh, oh, really? Yes. She's oh. raw, raw red onions. She would come to my house to visit and she would look around and she'd say, where are your red onions? I'm like, far, <laughs> far away, woman. But um, <laughs> it sounds like you guys would be fast friends. Yeah. Yeah, I'll eat some red onions with her. <laughs> Just bite right into them like an apple. That's yeah. the way she does it. Um, but in her case, she is suffering from arsenic poisoning and, and other things. So I, I, we always thought the, the red onions came around after she suffered some kind of nerve damage or something. So, um, but, oh, in your, but in your case, you just like them. So that's <laughs> good I, to know. I do. <laughs> yes. Any more yeah. questions from the favorite list? Do we have any anything else you want to ask her? Um, I was just going to ask what uh, if you're going to make a, a peanut butter and jelly. Like, t- tell us what you put on that. What kind of bread? What kind of you know peanut butter? What kind of jelly? If, if you're being bad, not if well, not if you're being. If good. I'm being bad, well, I like fluff. Does that count? I would totally put that on there instead of the jelly. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm that kind of girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, and when you're making that kind of sandwich, you got to get the white the white bread that nobody's supposed to eat. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> Wonder bread, yeah. Oh, the forbidden yeah. bread. And what kind yeah. of peanut butter? Any any particular? Um, probably the kind that's laced with chocolate. Have you seen those? Yes. <laughs> so I would do that. I remember I, once, once or twice when I was a kid, I got goober grape. Which oh. is the peanut butter and jelly in the jar kind of spiraled together. That's just lacy. Did you like it? it I, as a kid, I really did, yeah. No, I did too. My dad would get like free jars of it somehow, and I, oh my God, I loved that stuff. Yeah, I would eat it with a spoon. There you go. For for better or for worse, it still exists. <laughs> it does, it does. And there's like different kinds of jelly now with it. So. Yeah, I think back then it was just the purple. Yeah, it's nice yep. to see that the, the food we had as kids has now been upgraded. <laughs> and, now, and now you're like, you want to go into a store and, and get what essentially is child's food. And so yes. to get to get ourselves past that, we had children, and now we buy it for them. And it just sits in the cabinet. They're like, Dad, who's going to eat this goober? Well, don't worry. I thought you might like it. If it's gone next week, don't ask any questions. You stop at the toy aisle, get some toys just to make it look good. <laughs> I'm shopping for the kids. Oh, that's funny. All right, so um, should we move into the actual meat of food porn? And sure. talk about our restaurant experiences? Because um, this is a section that we basically – is the best thing we've we've had this week in terms of food. Okay. Uh, and we can start. If yeah, we'll start, and we want you to just give it some thought, and if if uh, not to not to sway your decision, but if you could steer clear of all that crap you put in the blender, and talk <laughs> oh about, man, <laughs> talk about something else. 
I think our <laughs> listeners might appreciate it. But but we'll go first because Mark actually has a real surprise in food. Oh. Well, I, yeah. So I got um, my my girlfriend, one of her best friends, had a birthday over the weekend, and so we got to go out to a really nice steakhouse um, and to celebrate her birthday, which was which was a nice occasion. And the steakhouse <laughs> is called Embers. It's here in town um, in Cincinnati, and there's just the one of them, so you don't have to worry about being tempted where you are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and what uh, what I ended up uh, ordering was a cowboy ribeye. And cream sandwich, mm. and uh, and Suzanne got a short rib ravioli, and asparagus, I believe. So the cowboy ribeye was phenomenal. Um, it wasn't cheap. I mean, it was like a forty dollars steak. So you know, it was kind of top end steak price for for that thing. But it was on the bone, seasoned perfectly, and cooked perfectly. It was actually better than when we had been out to to Morton's or well, um and and for me that's the surprise because that really was because yeah. Morton's is kind of a tradition for us on birthdays um like on my on my birthday I make you take me to Morton's and buy me an expensive steak and then on your birthday I make you take me to Morton's and buy me an expensive steak and so Morton's has kind of been the place for steak and when you came in and said I've had a better steak than Morton's yeah I was gobsmacked as the british like to say and I took a picture of it Food porn. <laughs> so we'll have that up on the website. Um, and, and yeah, it was. I mean, it was just amazingly succulent, tender, and seasoned perfectly. It didn't require any sauce at all, which was a nice, nice thing. Came with cream spinach, which was an absolute failure. It was like spinach and milk that had not no. before. <laughs> I'm like, this is not cream spinach. This is. <laughs> Like step two in making it. Go back and just finish this. You're, you're only halfway done with the cream spinach. You need to do something else. Uh, uh, but uh, but Suzanne actually had the short rib ravioli mostly because I made her because I was like I can't decide between the ribs and the ravioli. <laughs> Order the ravioli. So when it comes to food porn, you're somewhat domineering, shall we say? Mm. I got a picture of that too. It was, it was uh, mushrooms and onions all over. It was really delightful and and pretty good sized raviolis just stuffed to the rim with short ribs. So. Um, that, if you uh, get the chance, was fantastic. But what Emily would have missed out on most was... Yeah, I think we're going to send you some of this. <laughs> Deep-fried Oreo donuts. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. So they took, they took Oreos and, and crunched them up whole, <gasps> and then oh. put a donut around them and deep-fried those suckers. Oh, then, my God. Sorry. Didn't they, didn't they cover it with powdered sugar at the there end? There was powdered yeah. sugar... <laughs> And it came with like a raspberry compote and um, some sort of ice cream. And I actually thought this was just going to be way too sweet. Like, because I, I can't take super sweet stuff, but it wasn't. Oh, please. It was surprisingly well balanced. Because um, a lot of the dough, you know, worked against the uh, the sweetness of the Oreo. And so, you know, it's kind of a fancy restaurant. And I think they put some thought into making that exactly right. And boy, was it. Oh, my God. Sounds so, good. Yeah, I mean, it's like fair food done at a high end restaurant. <laughs> Carnival treats. Well, and I got to say that my food porn this week is, well, uninspiring because my girlfriend was sick all week. um, And so there wasn't a lot of um, competition eating like we normally do. But yours is accessible. Mine is accessible, right. I mean, what we we found, I I have found, um, here's the backstory. I grew up in New Jersey in the shadow Mm -hmm. of New York. And so we could always get really good pizza. And since I moved away from there, I have found 
most other pizzas don't measure up. Um, and so, like, for example, my children, who don't know any better, uh, they ordered pizza over the weekend, and they just got a Papa John's pie, and they thought it was great, and I was horrified. But <laughs> the closest we get around here to the best pizza I've ever had is the pizza from Whole Foods. Oh. It is just, they make it by hand. I mean, they use actual pizza ovens. They use, honest to God, good ingredients. And it mm-hmm. comes out where, and, and the thing is, the, the testament to a Whole Foods pizza is that I've never ordered it with any topping other than cheese. And are these coming out of the oven hot, or are you yes. getting them cold and you cook them in No, the they, they bake them there in the store. You wait for them. You put them in a box. You take them home. Now, in my case, I like my pizza well done, so I always throw it back in the oven for a few <laughs> minutes. But, but it, is, it is just that kind of fold it in half, oily, cheesy pizza that you would know from you know, any place in New York City. And so that is something. And and by the way, uh, you can get two for the price of one on Tuesdays. Wow! <laughs> so we're not. Uh, yeah. It's not just the food. It's it's the savings. Sure. Yeah. Sure it is. Nice. If they, it's not like if they quadrupled the price, I'd say, oh no, I'm not having Whole Foods pizza today. You know, I'd buy it. But I, when I talk to my mom, and she's like, so you're eating two pizzas? Well, yeah, but they were on sale. <laughs> And she says, I hope you put some onions on that. And I say, oh, no. <laughs> so the next time we're, we're going to have to check out the Whole Foods in whatever town we're in to see if it's consistent across Whole Foods everywhere, if we just have an awesome one here. Well, and I can tell you, I can tell you, it's not even consistent in the same Whole Foods store because there was a time where we went in there and there was some surly girl behind the counter. And somehow, and I'm not sure how because, as you know, I'm delightful. But somehow I managed to make this woman mad. And when we got home... This pizza had, like, feta cheese on it. Oh, <laughs> it oh no. It was absolutely disgusting. It was, like, burnt, and it had feta cheese on it. And uh, so anytime we go back to the Whole Foods, the first stage of getting the pizza is reconnaissance to make sure that yeah. Surly Girl is not working <laughs> the counter. Or I have oh. to put Nelson to get the pizza because I don't know what I did to make her mad, but I, it, was, it was horrible. Yikes. Yikes. Speaking of Whole Foods, um, I'm dating a guy, one of the many, and he works at Whole Foods, so I'll have to have to check out his pizza. He works in the kitchen. Don't make him mad. <laughs> I, was say that I won't mad. make him oh that I won't do that. <laughs> so I'm not gonna have a story anywhere nearly as good as those. Mine's actually Panera and it's a spinach salad. <laughs> Panera's a good choice. It is, it is, and this new uh, is it my turn to do this? Yeah, yep. Okay. Um, so it's their new spinach. I think it's called spinach power salad, but it's really good. It's not like as crazy healthy as it sounds because they put like bacon on it nice. and um, a cut up hard boiled egg and crunchy onions, you know, the fried kind. And um, the dressing is phenomenal. And oh, mushrooms, like these sauteed mushrooms too. So if you get a chance, Get the spinach power salad, and it's um, it's really good. Is that that's nowhere near what you guys talked about? <laughs> so get it with your baguette. Well, well, you're representing, you know, for for uh, for people who are watching their weight. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> and 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 if I understand you right, you said that you were you were uh, in training to be a personal trainer, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm studying. It's and, not and as easy as I thought. And you're you're giving speeches um, in your area about about weight loss and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I am. Okay, yep. so 
So unlike us, you're actually using your powers for good. And <laughs> instead, yeah. of, instead of spending your free time trying to make other people hungry, um, it sounds like you're actually uh, helping them out. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> well, so do you want to give a shout out to anybody? I know you mentioned your, uh, your nutritionist was, uh, was kind to you. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to give a shout-out to TNT, Total Nutrition Technology. They've been helping me out, um, and they're amazing. Megan is my nutritionist, and Angela is my mental nutritionist. She helps with my head part. So, um, yeah, those two ladies are awesome, and I owe them, you know, a lot because they're helping me out for free. We'll put some links up for you. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Make sure you send send us the links. and. um, Don't forget the slutty brownie recipe. <laughs> and and because, because we like to be fair and balanced, you can uh-huh. send the recipe for that crap you put in the blender at the beginning of the show. And Well, I'm, st- I'm staring at the um, the residue, and I'm going to take a picture of it, I think, and send it to you. Cause it's that would be awesome. Yeah. You catch on quick. Awesome. You catch on quick. <laughs> You're a natural at this. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been an, It's been awfully fun. Yes. Oh, and, good. Yeah. And, Thank and you for having me. We would very much like to catch up with you uh, in a couple of months and uh, sure. see where you are. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Great. Okay, great. Right. Thanks for coming okay. on. Thank you. No problem. Anytime. And that was our interview with Emily Joy from Biggest Loser. And that will wrap up episode number 21 of the Sodgecast. Our 21st ever Sodgecast. This week, brought to you by the Sinner Series by Charity Parkerson, who will be appearing at the Lexicon, which is what we call it, but it's actually the Lexington Comic Con, March 16th and 17th, and will be signing her books. And so we'll see you next time, unless, of course, the world is destroyed. (laughs) 